One of the things that God tells us preachers that we, we have to do is we have to be watchmen on the wall. I, I, you know, that's nothing new here. And that we have to be aware of the times and the seasons and the days that we were living in. That's kind of what I was talking about just a minute ago with these graduates about no telling what they had to endure. And, and even these that's going into college where th th there is a there is a massive, uh, just a massive drive to tear down anything God, Christian, Jesus, the Bible, everything from uh, evolution to the transgender stuff, and uh, it, it's just it's just foolish. And and they're about to walk back into that, and and this is why I pray because I know that a student in a classroom sometimes. And I don't have any problem phrasing what I'm going to say this way. Sometimes we'll feel threatened by an insecure professor. That that's the only time people will listen to them when they know there's a grade on the line and they have to. And that's, that's insecurity, friend. And so they will push this satanic agenda to challenge and, and even try to manipulate the belief system, everything from abortion to uh, all the sexual issues. And so we live in what the Bible calls perilous times. And without a preacher, the Bible says people won't know if you don't tell them. And that's the problem. People will not tell people not just what the Bible says about things, but, but people actually, men mostly, are not even aware of what's going on in the world so that they can tell if they would tell. But God wants me today to just let you know that Satan still is a roaring lion and we miss these words because we say these Bible verses so fast. He's a roaring lion, and he's seeking whom he may devour. Folks, if you are a sinner, he doesn't have to spend a lot of time on seeking to devour you or them because you're already on your way to hell. So that only leaves one other group of people. That's the people that know the Lord. So when he finds a vulnerable saint, he finds a person that's asleep at the wheel or that's not aware or not even in tune during church time, then what takes place is he's able to get a foothold in and do a lot of damage and people begin to, as the Bible said, fall away, and they begin to drift away. So I want to tell all of you, I know you're in the world, but you're not of the world. I know Satan is out here doing what he's doing. A lot of these things are unnoticed. People don't even see it, and they can't warn people because they can't see it, as I've said, 
But we that are children of the day, children of the light, we see it because our redemption draws nigh and we have our head lifted up and we're looking up. The more you look up, the less you will look out and you will look around. You have to know this because if you don't, then you're not looking up. You're looking around and you're looking out. And you remember there's a famous lady in the Bible who did that and turned into a pillar of salt. Who was it? Lot's wife. You have to look up. That's where your redemption draws nigh. You can't look around. You look around, you're going to get mad. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to get upset. You're going to get frustrated, and you're going to get scared. We know all about fear. In the seventh chapter of Isaiah, the Bible kind of paints a picture like this that was going on for the people of God who had done just that. They looked out, they looked around, and they became self-indulgent. And Syrian, Syrian forces had already been deployed and threatened the people big time. And in fact, they threatened the, the, the whole uh, tribe of Judah was under threat. But King Ahaz received some great encouragement from the Lord. And I want, I want to read that to you. You may not even have that on the screen, but I, I just want you to, you're taking notes. I want you to remember Isaiah 7, verse 11 through 14. The Bible says to Ahaz, the Lord spoke to him. He said this, ask for a sign. Because, see, it was bad, you see. Ask for a sign for yourself from the Lord, your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said this, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, it is a small thing for you, is it a small thing, rather, for you to weary men, but you will weary my God also, trying to say that you can wear God out. Therefore, you know this part, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's the second song that you worship with today. Emmanuel, God with us. His name will be called Emmanuel. And ever since that time, when Jesus would be born after that pr prophetic announcement, that was saying that I, God, was saying, I know that it's bad. I'm aware of what's taking place. But you will soon find out that regardless of whatever goes on, that God is with you. And there's going to be a little girl that's going to give birth to a baby, and... His name's Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, Messiah. You all know him. You know the Christmas story very well. We've said it many times around here. And no longer will it matter if Syrian forces or diabetes 
or marriage problems or work-related problems or family-related problems or economic problems or government problems begin to surround and threaten you. There will be a time that's coming when God will always be with you is what he was saying. It's bad. It's going to get worse for the world. We're going home. But I want to tell all of you today that until that time, and the folks online, I want to make sure you understand that it doesn't matter how bad that it gets, that God is with the righteous. If you want to read the whole chapter later on, and I encourage you to do that, you can do that. But it, 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 the world doesn't have the promise that the people of God, the righteous, have. And that is that it doesn't matter what happens around us, with us, or even in us. We still have the promise of this book right here that God is with us. If you flip one chapter over in chapter 8, there was still a lot of concern, a, a lot of rebellion. And this is why I warn you, it seems like on a weekly basis, don't give in to the world and all the things of the world and don't chase everything that you just feel like it's okay to chase now. The Bible said, I, Isaiah again was prophesying, and he said, take counsel together. It doesn't matter what you do. How you try to tear the church down, tear people down, run over one another, what you say, what you threaten, take counsel together. It shall, not, it shall come to naught, meaning it'll hit the ground. Speak the word, and it shall not stand. You know why? For God is with us. So, graduates, I just want to reiterate to you today and tell you that if, if you don't remember anything today, if you don't remember anything I said a while ago, or even the songs we sang, I want you to make sure you remember this, where you are going. If you want to make the best of this life right now, you make sure you live in a way and make righteous decisions so that God is with you every step until you take your last step. You'll never get a better commencement address than that right there. And I'm just repeating what the Lord said. In Isaiah 41, to Israel, he said, Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Hagar, which was uh, a handmaiden, if you will, of uh, Sarah, gave birth to Ishmael. And in Genesis 21 and 20, and God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelled in the wilderness, wilderness and became an archer. And this is kind of a cruel picture to the, through the world's eyes. He was not the promised seed of Abraham. It would be Isaac. And so God said, listen to what your wife said and send them on their way. He gave them a loaf of bread and a thermos of water and sent them out in the wilderness, the Bible says. After all of that was consumed, she was so worried she began to cry out and she sent, sent Ishmael over under a bush and said, 
I'm going to leave the boy there because I can't stand the sight of watching my son die in front of my eyes. So I'm just going to let him die over there, and I'm going to die here. And she began to cry out. But the Bible says that it was the voice of the lad that the Lord actually heard and responded to. And why was that? We read because God was with him. Over in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, it was with Solomon, the Bible says, the son of David. He was strengthened in his kingdom, and the Lord his God was with him and magnified him exceedingly. And see, I just need to stop before I go on. You can do everything, and I've talked a lot about college and accomplishment, high school and accomplishment, secondary education and accomplishment. I've talked about that this morning, and we've had a great representation of that, and even above and beyond that, I can talk about that, or I can talk about an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent or whatever. You, you just run into a lump sum of money, or you inherited a bunch of buildings and lands and planes and trains and automobiles bills and uh, oil rigs somewhere in Texas. You've got all that. But folks, I want to tell you again, there is nothing in this world that will catapult you and get you where you can be like God being with you. If anybody's going to be by your side, you want it to be God in these days. <laughs> and you know, I'm going to Draw blood right here. <clears throat> but that's why I get so upset when I hear Christians say, <clears throat> if only we had a Republican back in the White House. If only we had this kind of Senate. If only we had this kind of governor. If only we had this kind of military. If only we had this kind of economy. And you know what? I want to ask people, are you saved and believe the Bible? Or are you just as fooled as much as the rest of the world that's not saved? Think about that again while I cough. How about that? You can have everybody on your side. And again, you've had both animals in the White House many, 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 many years. You've had, what is it, donkeys and elephants. I'm sorry, if I, was, if, if, if I was into politics and if I was part of a political party, come on, man. I wouldn't want my emblem to be a donkey or an elephant. You either lazy with big ears or you so big you can't fit through a door. If I'm going to be part of this world system, man, at least identify me as being a lion or something like that. Not a donkey or an elephant, but a lot of y'all are good with that. Oh, it's just a blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something, man. You also want a good woman in your life, man. Amen. So, 
King Asa was worried half to death about all this stuff. And again in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, I'm just trying, what I'm doing today, I'm, I'm taking my time for a minute, and my left baby toe has been hurting me all morning. I don't know if these wedding shoes I'm wearing. <laughs> Caitlin and Tyler got married in 2017, and I still wear these shoes. But, but they fell into test. And so what I'm saying, I got a good incentive to try to hurry up with this. But I just feel the Holy Ghost to make sure that I make sure I'm doing what I'm told right now. So I don't care about my toe or anything else. But he was in a situation, King Asa was, threats. You had two. I, I know I talked to you the other week about Tobiah and Sambalat, but you, and you had two more scoundrels throwing threats and all this stuff. The Bible says all this was going on, and he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim. These are tribes. Out of, he gathered them out of Ephraim, out of Manasseh, and out of Simeon. For they all, for they fell to him out of Israel. It means they came to him, the Bible says, in abundance because when they saw that the Lord his God was with him, it's like, look, you know you've heard this thing, if we can't beat them, join them. They knew they didn't serve God like they should and worship God, but they knew, look, we want to be, even in extreme times, we want to be with somebody that's got God with them. And I'm telling you, that's why it matters where you go to church. That's why it matters what you listen to. That's why it matters what books you read. That's why it matters that you do pray because you want God with you. And then other people that don't have God will have somebody they can come to until they do have God with them. That's why we're told that iron sharpens iron, but we're also equally told that if the blind lead the blind, they both wind up in the ditch. So see, you can either influence somebody the right way or you can influence somebody the wrong way. And there was a, probably, again, my favorite Bible story out of the whole Bible took place in the book of Genesis of all, all chapters. There was a young man by the name of Joseph. And this Joseph, uh, right out of the gate, God had already given him a vision of what he was going to do in his life. God had already showed him that he was going to do great and mighty things through him. In fact, later on, he would save the entire nation, including his family of over 70 people. But before he got to that moment in time where he would look like a superstar and a hero, he experienced, I want you to, as they say on TV, and I don't like these little I want you to lean in right here. You really need to listen right here. 
Because every time God did something great in somebody's life, they went through great struggles, friend, pretty much so. And after God revealed to him and he revealed to them what God said and what God was going to do, it was on. His brothers hated him. Joseph's brothers hated him. They were so jealous of him, they couldn't stand it. And the Bible says in Genesis 37, verse 11, when he told them his dream, the Bible actually uses the word, and his brothers were jealous of him. And his father just kept in mind what he had just said about how one day they would all bow down like, like wheat, he was shown, that, that all their wheat would bow down to him, or all their corn stalks would bow down to him. And that, that happened later on. There was no food in the land. And when he was made the second man over the whole kingdom, everybody that came had to bow down before him and beg and ask in order to survive, including his brothers that did this right here. His brothers were so jealous, they disregarded that God said he was going to do this in his life. They dwelled on their flesh and how it affected them. They were so jealous that they took him and they dug a pit, found a pit, and they threw their brother in a pit that he could not get out of. And they took his, his robe, dipped it in blood, and they gave it to their father and said, we think an animal's killed him. It was that bad. Their daddy almost died of a heart attack from that lie and that plot. And we all have hard times. But to make matters worse, his brothers didn't leave him in the pit. They found some Midianite travelers that were looking for some slaves, some servants. They went and got their brother Joseph out of the pit. He probably said, oh, praise God. But no, they got him out of the pit only to make this deal with these Midianite travelers to sell him off for 20 shekels of silver. I can't imagine what went through his mind, thinking they've had a change of heart, and I'm finally going to get rescued. I'm finally going to get saved. This is going to be over with once and for all. Only to realize, bad has gotten worse. I want to ask you, has bad ever gotten worse for anybody in this building before? Raise your hand. You need to raise your hand. You thought it was bad, but bad was the beginning of it. Amen, Nelson. Real quick, bad kidneys meant that if he didn't have a kidney transplant, he was going to die. So bad went from worse, but God was with him, and he's sitting over there with a brand-new kidney in his body today. You know what, Nelson? God had you to say amen for the Holy Ghost to say to me, give that praise report. Because I hadn't planned on that neither. But you see, God's good to the preacher. God's with me, and I love him to death. 
Hallelujah. And so it, it got worse, friends. He was sold into slavery. And I'm talking like this today because a lot of you, you're in a pit, but you're on your way somewhere else, and it's not out. Or you've been in a pit only to get out, and it got worse. And it could have been through a relationship. It could have been through money. It could have been through just sanity in your mind or your health. It only got worse for you. But you need to know today, if you choose to live righteous, God is with you and he won't ever leave you or forsake you. So he got out of the pit only to be sold and to be falsely accused and thrown into prison for two years. You see, everybody wants to be second in the kingdom. Everybody wants to hand out the food. Everybody wants to take all the selfies and get the most likes. By the way, Solomon talks a lot about vanity. We mentioned his name a while ago. This world we live in is eat up with vanity. Yeah, Seb made men's. I knew that was coming. Now, this is the Spirit of God dealing with me right now. There's nowhere on this paper in my heart, in my mind. This doesn't apply to everybody. I don't even know who it applies to. I don't know who's watching right now or who will list this later. I want you to go on a selfie fast. I just struck fear. In people. The next time you feel the urge to take a picture of your face, take a picture of a Bible open with a scripture or a picture of an old rugged cross for seven days. There's no telling what God will do through you and with you and for you by lifting him up instead of yourself. I don't care how you look at it. It's just cute. Everybody's doing it. It's still putting emphasis on me. Let me tell you something. The only thing that's good about me is the fact that Jesus Christ saved me, and when God looks at me, he sees his son Jesus. He don't see this old dried pimple face with glasses and a receding hairline. You live long enough, yours is going to look like that one day too. You can stretch it, you can inflate it, you can do all and paint it all you want to, but honey, you headed for a North Carolina road map, whether you like it or not. If you're already there, it don't, hey, you're closer to heaven. Don't, don't get upset with me. I had to use that to talk to everybody else that's on their way. Amen? They on their way. Amen? They on their way. Oh, yeah. You're on your way. And they sold this boy into slavery. And slavery got him into prison. I left out the part where he was 
falsely accused. I told you about it. I didn't tell you what it was. He was falsely accused. Potiphar's wife accused him of trying to rape her, and he said, I can't do this to God. See, that's how God's with you. When you're that far with God, God's with you. When you see, I can't do that with her. I can't do that with him because, number one, I'm not going to do that to God, and I'm not going to do that to my master that's trusted me with everything. See, there's a lot to be said when you deny yourself, you take up your cross, and you follow him. There's a lot to be said because he said, in your life, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. You don't have to always do things to get attention, church. If you will just focus on Jesus for seven days, he will draw all the people because he will be with you. So, he had it tough. But you know what? I'm going to tell, answer the question, how did he survive and how did he thrive through all of that? Genesis 39, and I'm, I'm getting close to through here. The Lord and the Lord was with Joseph. I told the graduates this while ago. And he became a successful man, serving in the household of his Egyptian master, then down in verse 21 of the same chapter, the Lord was with him and extended, listen to this, kindness to him, granting him favor. Don't talk about that. In the eyes of the prison warden. You want God with you, folks, because in the bad getting worse and even going to the worse, part of your life, David addressed it right here when he said, you know it, yea, though I walk through the what? Valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Here you go. For thou art with me. See, if you want the benefit let me help a lot of struggling people that were taught wrong. Well, I got saved when I was eight years old in a Sunday school class with flannel graphs at Vacation Bible School, at Awanas, at Royal Rangers, at, at Bluebells, at Silverbells, at Joybells. I got saved when I was in all the little stuff. Yeah, but you've played with the world since that moment. And so, see, the, the matter is, it's not what you've said with your mouth. It's how does your body relate and reflect what you claim has happened with your mouth. If, if, if your body, if your choices, if what you do, if what you view does not line up with a transformation at the cross of Calvary, you, listen, I'm not, I'm not stumbling on my words. You are not saved, and the watchman's telling you you are not ready for the trumpet to sound because you or any scholar can't show me in the Bible where people that were really, really, really saved 
did not die at the end for their faith. There's some people that did this, and I close with this for real. I told our group at 915 today, I said, you know, there's a part that Jesus kind of opened up and revealed to us about this day we're living in. One thing that bothers me about this, and I know I do, some of my family does, and we follow different credible one or two prophets. I've shared Jimmy Evans with you quite a few times that are the real deal that are not in it for themselves or ministry or money. They're in it for last. this just a last effort to do what we got to do. But people are living in the days of Noah right now. People are going about their business. They don't believe any, any, any preacher that preaches what I'm preaching about end times or, or the day and the hour we live in or, or the moral decay. People don't believe that or their actions do not say that they believe that. And, and we do this because we do see this. And one thing that I, I did share, I said, when Jesus said this, he said, you know, people are going to come up to me one day and they're going to say, wait a minute, we cast out demons, we healed people, we fed people, we raked people's yards, we painted their shutters over the summer, we mowed their grass, we took up uh, money, and we, I, I'm paraphrasing, he did, we did all these kinds of things. We even prophesied. We spoke in tongues. We did all this. And this is the part that just shakes me to my shoes, my, my sore shoes. This is what shakes me, folks. Jesus said, you were a worker of iniquity. Depart from me. And this is the part I'm talking about. I never knew you. See, a lot of people... They do what you're doing today. They'll go to church. They got their clothes on. They're going to go eat. They're going to do all this stuff. And they're going to repeat the process every week unless something better comes along. And people, I don't care what you say. If it, if, if it makes you choose between it and that, I'm not talking about going on vacation once a year. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, oh, oh, this is this weekend. or Oh, all that kind of mess of the world, by the way. It's not, oh, we got to go because there's 100 people we're going to witness to this week. I ain't never, I ain't never ran into that. But anyhow, people do this same thing over and over and over again. And this is what bothers me. As I said, people are under the assumption because somebody hasn't just made it clear and plain. If you've really been saved, that means you've been converted from you to him. You don't care about you anymore. You don't care about them anymore. You don't care about it anymore. All you care about is like I watched again on The Chosen last night, the woman at the well, a man that loved me enough to tell me everything that I've ever done. And all I want to do, she went back in the city. You need to watch it. You can watch it for free right now on the Multitudes app, by the way. We've got a whole season on there. it do you good. She said, I, I got to go tell the whole city. And in the, in, in, in the, in the movie, he says, I was, I was hoping you would do that. So, folks, when you are really saved, it, it goes immediately from you to him. And then when it does that, 
then you're the Joseph. God's with us. You're the Solomon in the story. You're the Ishmael. God's with you. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to think about it because we've got people in a prison. We've got people in a situation that very tempting as Joseph was. We've got people in a pit. We've got people that's been betrayed. We've got people that's been hurt and confused and lied to. We've got people that's been given horrible diagnosis. And the Lord God Almighty would have you to know today, yea, though I walk through, word through there means a lot, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. God wants you to know today that you can live in a way where you can know and you can see the results around you that God is with you. And that's what the Lord has laid on my heart today to make sure that I do everything to relay that information to you. So, Father, today we come before you. We've looked into your word, Lord. We hadn't read a magazine. We didn't download this off the Internet. This come out of the holy word of God, and we receive it, God. We believe every word of it. We believe it, God, and I pray over every home, every school that people will return to, over every place of employment, over every neighborhood, over every environment, every situation, God. I pray over it in the name of Jesus that people would know every doctor's appointment tomorrow, every doctor's appointment Thursday, Lord, that they would know that God is with me. So, Lord, I pray that we would make choices that let us know that and that resolves that issue in our heart. You won't leave, God. You won't forsake. You're getting your bride ready. We are Forgetting about this world we live in. We are forgetting about the things of this world because it's fleeting away. And we're thinking about and focusing on heaven. Help us to do that, Lord. And God, all that you do, we will make sure, like Nelson has done, we will make sure that we raise our hand and give you all the glory because you're still working. In Jesus' name. I feel like because many times people can meet their own needs. Don't even fool with God. Or don't even believe that He's with you. God wants to make sure that people in this church right now understand that he is committed to you until the day you take your last breath. I don't think people really fully understand that along with the blood and the nails 
and the spikes and the thorns. That was also a business transaction, folks. God was buying you back with the blood of his son Jesus from the grip of sin. He, he was buying you back, and it took the blood of a precious, spotless lamb to do that. So when he bought you back, I have relatives that have an adopted child. I know people, uh, all this. When they've gone through the process, they just didn't do that and then supplying the child's need was up to them. No, when they went through that whole lengthy, costly process, they continued to supply the needs, supply the love, be there give direction and on a much greater scale when God bought you through the blood of his son Jesus at Calvary he bought you to be with you to take care of you through all of it that's why David said even through the valley of the shadow of death that's worse than a boo-boo that's worse than a lost job that's worse than losing your home or even getting a bad, bad report from the doctor's office. We're talking about dying, dead dying. David said, even through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord is with me. God paid a price not just to, to wash your sins away, but God paid so he could take care of you until he calls for you. And all you got to do is let him. You got to let him. Don't give up on him. God is with us. His name is Emmanuel. And this is going to take a grown-up. But if you've forgotten that and God's reminding you of that today, I would just want you to join the altar that's already being occupied right now before we walk out of this building today because the Lord is still going to move in these last days in the life of every person every church, every people that will allow him and show him that they want to. come in this church every Sunday I could do what I did back in 2020 I could show you all kind of slides and videos keep showing you documentation of things that are happening that nobody would even believe or even really process that it's going I, I, I could do that I have a Dropbox account some of you know what that means I literally probably have thousands of different documents and, and, and all kinds of things that I had to come to a place that I just had to stop because there's just so much information that points to what's going on, what's going to go on, and me looking at everything through the eyes of the Bible. 
I don't, I don't have to see anything else. I know what the Bible says, you see. And through all of this stuff, I'd rather focus on the fact that God is with me than focus on the fact of all these other things that's just laying out there, mountain upon mountain, that's happening and going to happen. That's why it's going to be so easy for the Antichrist to assume his role, what I believe is very shortly. It's because people don't believe that God can be with us and people giving up on God and we eat up every kernel of every crumb from the world and we invest more of our habits into that than what the Bible has said the Bible says you believe a lie you'll be damned but today God wants you to know in your life and in this world doesn't matter what's happening God as we've already said can show you favor God can be with you don't give up on him it's time to say God there's been a lot kind of mixed into this message today but there comes a time when you just have to say Lord I, I'm tired it's not about me I know I gave that little illustration it was little cute about the selfie thing and about all the things we do to our bodies just try to continue to drink out the fountain of youth but you've got to understand not only is this world not your home but this body is not your home and I don't mean go everywhere looking like a garbage pail kid or nothing like that I'm just telling you take the focus off of you and turn it to Jesus and then watch what God does, folks. Watch what he does in your life. Watch what he does in your family. Watch what he does around you. Oh, the, 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 the wars, the rumors of wars, they're there. The seas are going to rage. The stones are going to be thrown and thrown. But God's with you, you see. Just like we talked about those students, those graduates. You're on your way somewhere, you see. If you are here while people are praying, you're online, you're not, you're not at that place I talked about a while ago about that transformation, being converted from you to Him. There's a way that seems right, but the end is destruction. What we have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I believe what you did at the cross. It's not a light, cute thing for me. Lord, I didn't realize that you not only bled and died, but you were in the process of buying me back. I was owned and operated by the devil and everything he wanted to do. And I don't, you don't have to do bad things in your opinion. The fact that you're born, if you are not a believer, I don't care how good you say you live, you are owned and operated by the devil. He allows people to do good and have good moral looking character in this world but he still owns them because he can put them in places to persuade and be persuaded watch TV it's slammed full of them and if you want that transformation and you want the real transformation all you got to do is say Jesus forgive me I don't want another day to be about me 
and my life because you're going to be with me. I want you to forgive me and cleanse me. I repent. I'm wrong. I'm born as a sinner. I've lived as a sinner. And I'm ready to be converted to be like you, Jesus. I want to live and do what the Bible tells me I'm supposed to live and do and be like. If you pray that prayer, a prayer like that, and it has to come from your heart before it ever hits your mouth. If it's just sitting right here and it hadn't come from down here, you're not saved, and I love you, and I love God enough to tell you that. It's got to be right here and then comes from right here. And so when you do that, God says, okay, I'm moving in. Here I am. I'm with you. And just things will start happening. Oh, you, you're going to have tough times, but God's with you. That's why he said, even though I walk through, didn't get stuck in the valley. He said, I walk through that valley. If you walk through the valley, but you come out and the other side is the gates of heaven. I'd say you made it through the valley of the shadow of death pretty good. So, Father, everybody in this building has a prison they can name. They have a pit. They have a situation. They have a relationship. Lord, they have a, a day when they dropped the ball, when they fell, when they made some bad decisions with God. But help us to realize that when we make our minds up, it's not going to be about the preacher. It's not going to be about the church. It's not going to be about the denomination, the building, the people, what I have or I don't have or what's going on in my life. It's going to be about you, Lord. God, that you will be with them, Lord. Father, then we will be able to live by Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good. Them that love you and who are the called according to your purpose. Let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. 